SAFM. Prime time all day long. Mambo Murigi Habari. Murigi Kenya Habari. Nzuri sana, nzuri songezo. Nzuri mimi ni wakili. Remember those good old things you taught me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm happy to hear that you have not forgotten your Swahili lesson. Thank you very much, Doctor. Thank you so much, my friend. Advocate Kenyua, welcome to SAFM. We've had many conversations in trying to get you to be part of the national social justice conversation here in South Africa. Having spent some three, four years in the country, there's a lot that you took out of this, and there's a lot from your experiences as a young man in Kenya, as a young boy in Kenya, coming to South Africa, engaging South Africa yourself, and since going back to Kenya and understanding the history of not just your country, but that of South Africa, the colonial ties to it, experiencing parts of apartheid South Africa and the institutions that you found, especially when you got to Stellenbosch. Perhaps it's an opportune time for us then to have a conversation as we would over wine on Fridays, but only with the nation as participants. What do you think, and I'm going to ask a broad question, interpret this as you will, Mwerigi. The institutions that remain in South Africa, as I would imagine they do in Kenya, that continue to tell the history. How does a society that wishes to evolve and progress from such bondages of history engage those institutions that still cause offense? Your thoughts on that, a legal analysis perhaps. Thank you very much, Songezo. Uh, I think uh, this is an issue that uh, requires more of a historical and uh, sociological analysis as well as a legal one. Uh, because uh, 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 as a lawyer, I would be the first one to admit that uh, we are, let me say, ill-equipped, ill-equipped to do with uh, matters of history. Uh, but uh, if we wish to become uh, students of history, uh, we, we can become that. Although uh, the, the legal training which I underwent did not actually d- d- dwell too much on our own African history. Uh, now, but as you know, uh, with uh, with me, I've always had a an uh, endless interest in African history, and uh, it's, a, it's a, an, a theme that uh, you you will see in my work. Now, on the specific issue of um, colonialism and how to transcend the legacies of oppression and exclusion, uh, this is a matter that... Uh, honestly would uh, require us many, many hours to address it fully. I, I would only wish to say a few things, because you had indicated that uh, we'll uh, speak today about uh, statues. Uh, if... Hello? We can hear you, Doc. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I, I would uh, like us to address ourselves to statues which are uh, symbols of oppression. Uh, 
we 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 underwent here in East Africa what basically you are undergoing down there in the south uh when we became independent in Kenya 1963 in Tanganyika 1961 uh in Uganda 1962 so in East Africa we can say from 1961 to 1963 uh we were independent the three East African states of Kenya, Tanzania and Uganda um then you might also recall Songezo that it is only South Africa and uh, Rhodesia which which became independent in Zimbabwe and uh, Kenya which were the settler colonies so our history is uh, uh, almost identical with yours because here we had uh, uh, large numbers of uh, Europeans particularly uh, British but also a few a, a, a few Dutch uh, who decided to 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 come to Kenya at uh, from the year 1895 and they basically established the 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 the, the uh, apartheid system which was in place in South Africa so for us uh, in Kenya we fought a bitter war of independence Uh, from the year 1952 the war ended in in 1957 uh the, the war was between the the the, the mau mau who were uh, a guerrilla armed m- movement who uh, wished to take over power through arms uh, but they they did not win the war however the the british so 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 that the the settlers here were unable to hold their ground and so the the, the british agreed to uh, majority rule uh, for for kenya in in 1960 then uh, we we had some uh, constitutional talks which uh, lasted from 1960 up to uh, up to 62 and then uh, we had uh, elections in May 63 and became independent in in, in June 63 uh then uh, the situation around which we became independent you you will recall from your own history that uh, uh there was a wave of decolonization in 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 Africa so it was not an event that was unique to Kenya uh it 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 was a phenomenon which was uh, witnessed throughout africa you remember ghana was the first black african state to become i have to interrupt you because i have to take an ad break might i also just encourage you perhaps to skip some of the historical elements and just simply respond to the question as it was what do we make now of the institutions that remain and how do societies that wish to move on and evolve from that engage that critical history represented by these institutions monuments and statues for the reimagination of that society when we come back from the break that will be the only question still standing and you will have 2 to 3 minutes to respond to that please take your time to reconsider we will be back after this break tweet 
at SFM Radio and at Songhezomabete. We are seeing what's happening in this country with the recent removal of the former president of the Orange Free State, Martina Stein, from the University of the Free State's premises. Perhaps something similar might happen on the Roy Plain at Stellenbosch University. Nobody knows. Or the statue of Louis Boerter in front of Parliament in Cape Town. Confederate statues are under increasing pressure in the United States. And the question this evening is then, what do we make of institutions and monuments that represent, in South Africa's context, surely the oppressive apartheid and colonial regimes? We're even seeing it at Oxford with the removal at the University of Cecil John Rose. Yet there's a massive monument dedicated to his honor and name in Cape town how do societies engage that history in a 21st century democracy typically like that of south africa Mariga, your thoughts please good evening thanks again yes yes uh now to, to answer the issue that you have raised very very directly from Gezo, uh these institutions that have these uh, symbols of oppression and exclusion uh these are uh, mostly private institutions, but also we have got uh, street names, especially in South Africa. I remember Hopmeyer Street and Ringer Street, Bosman Street, and so forth. Um, the first thing is that uh, uh, when when, the, when these institutions are pri- privately owned and uh, pri- pri- privately managed and run, and the people that run them and own them uh, are not willing uh, to let go of such symbols because they actually identify with them. I, I think it's an issue that needs to be brought out very clearly because I saw that in, in, in the, the, the case of the University of the State that there were some alumni of that university who said that they would... Uh, disown the university if that statue of uh, Spain was brought down. So I think we need to be be actually clear that there's a significant proportion of our society which uh, is loyal to those symbols of the past and that uh, they do not understand or they refuse to understand why such symbols would uh, would would actually evoke negative emotions in others so uh, with the case of the u.s it's clear that the u.s is uh, a racist society there's uh, a lot of work to be done in, in the U.S. Uh, to, to, to try to uh, uh, bring uh, some sense of national belonging because it is, it is a society that is deeply divided on, on, on racial and on class grounds. Uh, I think the, the same also with uh, South Africa. Uh, although we would like to celebrate what happened in 1994 and also in 96, uh, there's a, a, a lot of work to be done in South Africa. 
as far as redressing the legacies of exclusion and the racial minority rule. Yeah. It does sound like this is quite a vexed question, and I'm going to come back to you, um, Dr. Busak, because I think you're also in a position perhaps to even invoke a bit of some of the religious teachings outside of the political considerations that have to be made once we as a society start asking the hard questions in terms of when we're trying to arrive at a narrative that ought to be carried by the majority of the people, the young people in particular, who can less identify with these monuments and statues, what do you think should be done? How can South Africa have, if you like, a Cordessa in terms of when we talk about the social aspects that define this country from an arts and culture perspective, from a historical record perspective, even from an academic perspective, what would your thoughts be in relation to what should be done? Dr. Busak? In, in Kenya, I mean, what we need, of course, is a new national conversation about the meaning of these statues. And the first question that should be asked is, why are they still there? I mean, uh, from Louis Bota here on Parliament Square and Jan van der Riebeek and his wife, Maria de Quellery, they should all go. All these symbols of colonialism and oppression, of slavery and imperialism, are there because they make us pay homage to that history. And for us, for, the, for other people, it may be a history of greatness. For us, it's a history of genocide and dehumanization and land theft. They cannot remain standing. They have to go. That's the first thing. And within that conversation, we then have to say, okay, when you get rid of all the symbols, that's just the symbols. Now we need to get into a conversation. And this is what I am so proud of the students of 2015 and 2016 and the fallers movements. They did not only say the, the statues must go. They then said, what are we teaching that still colonialist and imperialist and Eurocentric in our universities. So we're talking about the curriculum. We're talking about the content of our teachings. We're talking about textbooks. We're talking about the administration, how a university is run. What makes a university a real African university, a, a, a place where people are nurtured towards justice and dignity and humanity and especially um, fundamental transformation of our society. These are the issues that ought to be Excellent. on the agenda right now. And I don't know no. whether your idea of a Kadesa is the right thing. I don't care as long as there is a fundamental conversation. But that conversation should take place with in the context of all these statues, all these symbols, and as a, as a theologian, I say they are all idols, false gods to a, an oppressive false history and a false consciousness that have no place in the hearts and the minds of the new generation growing up. Fantastic. We're going to go to the prayer now. We must express our deepest gratitude to Advocate Murigi Kenya, who for sure, when the conversation is ripe for his return, we will engage him. For now, my brother, Asante Sana. Dr. Alan Busak, we have promised the listeners that you will just, in the two minutes that remain of this program, put not only this show and the people who are part of it, but the broader SAFM family and the country at large in prayer. To those who subscribe then to the Christian prayer as about to be handed down by Reverend Busak, please do join us. Thank you. Dear God, most and gracious, almighty one, 
father and mother of us all. We are all your children in this country because you have embraced us all, you love us all, you accept us all. But we are in pain still, God, because our suffering is still going on. We are in pain because our cries for liberation have not been heard, but you assure us that when the oppressed cry, how long, it is as if God, God's self hears our cries, and you become our cries of pain. So we come to you knowing that we can trust you with all of this. And so we bring our country tonight to your throne of grace and mercy, our leaders, we bring to you the people of this radio station, the SAFM, who had made this possible, this very vital conversation. We bring to you everyone who is in need, everyone who seek light and help and guidance. We bring to you the poor and the oppressed and the neglected. We bring to you the hunted and the hunted down and the haunted and the excluded. We pray for our LGBTQI community. We pray for those who suffer under the corruption of those who hold power over them. Be merciful to us. Help us see what it is that we can do. Give us courage to stand up and do what is right. Be with us now for this night and for the rest of this year and for the rest of our lives. We pray to you in Jesus' name. Amen. The people of the Lord shall indeed say amen. Dr. Busak, Diabulela, man, by a donkey. Frias, like a donkey, honey. And we certainly hope that your voice is not lost or drowned out. We do know that it's quite easy for persons who sport your record to be dismissed because I would even imagine at times the clergy doesn't enjoy, certainly not today as much as I thought it ought to occupy the kind of voice and authority that the society is certainly in desperate need of. And with that, we do thank you nonetheless, not just for your contribution this evening, but your contribution as a young man who fought as you did because it simply wasn't okay for you to sit idly by and watch as history was unfolding before you and for you to count as nothing but the rank and file citizen who simply passes time as if you like the time when the country was burning. If you've never been told this before, you surely are hearing it now. And I do represent the majority of this community of the viewpoint in simply saying thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, all. Pearls of Wisdom, that was on hashtag Tuesday Takeover, the first in this month. More to come. Good evening, everybody.